Our gospel reading this morning continues the story of Christmas. This is after Jesus is born, after the wise men make their entrance into the story. And I I hope that this word can be meaningful for us as we consider life after Christmas. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 23. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and mother, And go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. And when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. So we consider this morning what it means to live on the other side of Christmas. I want us to consider that word that we learn at Christmas, Emmanuel, God is with us. And the truth that we can glean from that, that God is with us every single day. Our daughter Maggie is an adult and she is home for Christmas of which we are thrilled. We love having our children home. But Maggie made her first adult decision to get a dog. Maggie got a puppy, and the puppy is cute. And the puppy can come stay in your house because I don't know if you know this about puppies. They don't just tell you when they got to go to the bathroom. They don't wait for you. They just go, you know. They, don't, they aren't born into the world knowing, hey, wait till, you know, the big guy with the watermelon head comes home and opens up the door. I can go out and do my business. They just go all the time. I mean all the time. 
And not when it's convenient, not when, let me see if they score a touchdown, let me finish eating, let me finish sleeping, let me finish doing nothing. They got to go and they got to go then. Now, I mean every single day over and over. Pam and I have gotten used to the rhythm of our lives as an empty nester, and we have an old neurotic dog that understands how we roll you know I come home open the door and she goes out and does her business and then comes back in and promptly bites people she's a little crazy but we've we've got this whole bathroom thing down but with the puppy it's a whole different thing I get up early on Sunday mornings and I gotta tell you I love you Maggie I, I, I was leaving at 4 o'clock this morning, and that dog was in his crate. And this dog doesn't go, <laughs> this dog actually screams. I kid you not. It doesn't bark. It doesn't whimper. It screams. And it gave me great pleasure to go up to my daughter at 4 o'clock in the morning and go, Maggie, Maggie, your dog. Bye. It was awesome. It was so great. But I tell you that. Because every single day you have to take care of that. Well, Emmanuel, God with us every single day without exception. God is available to us because of his coming in Jesus Christ. And that impacts the way that we live or at least it should. And that's sort of the problem with our faith. If you are anything like me, we can tend to think that that we grow out of it. We can handle it. I got it, God. Don't worry. I love those high holy days in church when it's full and great things are happening and everybody's excited, but I I got this day-to-day thing. But God keeps coming to us. We tend to go out on our own and then we wonder, Where is God? I think back to, I don't know if you grew up in a home like I did, but my mama had what I call cross-stitch theology all over the home. Every little saying you've ever heard was cross-stitched and framed somewhere in that house. Bad theology and good theology, but part of the good theology I remember that was cross-stitched was if you don't feel close to God, Guess who moved? If you don't feel close to God, guess who moved? God's always coming to us. That's what Emmanuel means. But we can tend to say, I got it, God. I got it. And we move away from that every single day need of a Savior with us. So I wonder, do we treat the gift of Christ with us the way that we should or do we just leave it in the closet like that pair of shoes maybe that we got for Christmas that we said thanks but we'll never wear does it just stay in there you see that's what's going on in this scripture with Joseph Joseph is told in a dream twice that he can go and keep this child safe Joseph is listening for God every single day. And that is the beauty of it. Now, I wish that God would warn me 
You know, God would say, hey, Dave, watch out. Don't mess up. In 30 years of ministry, I wish God would have said to me the five times before I backed into another car in a hospital parking lot, I kid you not, hey, Dave, don't back up. Watch out. But God didn't. And I had to call my insurance guy five different times. The last time he's like, just don't drive, man. I'm like, I can't help it. But now we buy cars with backup cameras. God bless those things. Those have saved me and other people. God bless Mr. Backup Camera Inventor. That is a great gift. But do we treat God's love coming to us the way that we should? Do we say, yeah, God, I know you're more than a warning. Or do we just want God to give us what we need? You see, Joseph, yes, he was warned. But not to keep Joseph out of trouble, but to keep the presence of God alive. And there's a difference. The presence of God will be protected at all times. Do we want to be a part of that? Will it be about us? Or will it be about this gift of Jesus Christ? When I was in high school, I went to Central United Methodist Church in Albemarle. Wayne's old church. Gary Moran was my youth director and Gary had a big impact on my life and I will be forever grateful to Gary for his teaching of discipleship in my life. One of the cool things he did was as youth when you got to be seniors if you wanted to you could be a counselor at Camp Carrollwood with an elementary school camp that they did with Broad Street United Methodist in Statesville. And the best part of that was every night after you got the kids in bed in their bunks, you came out on the porch of the cabin where the kids were, and Gary lovingly taught you about leadership and about some great things you did that day and things you might want to work on as you grow in leadership. And I'll never forget what he said to me. I've always appreciated it. The first night after we had had a big day, he said, Dave, I got to tell you, you have a big personality. And the kids love that. The kids love to have fun with you. And that's great. But let me tell you something. If you are going to do this ministry thing, it has to be about a whole lot more than fun. You have to tell people about the love of God. I thought, wow, that sort of hurt, Gary. Thanks. But he's exactly right. It isn't about, hey, look at us, look at us. Yay, yippee, yippee, yippee. This is about the truth that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, so that you and I may have a Savior and have a way to salvation. This is the truth of the church. And we never want anything to be more important than that. What's in front? What is it that we're presenting? Fun or God? Because listen, fun is not every single day. But God is. The flip side of that's true as well. We don't have to hold on to spiritual pain every day single day we can hold on to God every single day 
if we allow it, it's really up to us. What will it be? As a church, as we grow as a church with all of these children, we can say, oh boy, we need to have more programs, more things for them to do, more things. Or we can say, no, what we really need to concentrate on is telling the story of Jesus Christ. What is it that we will concentrate on? What is it that we will lift up? Look at, wake up and turn over to the front of your bulletin. Everybody wake your neighbor up. Look on the front of your bulletin up at the top, above the picture. It has the mission of our church. And I want us to say the mission together. You ready? To see Christ in every person we encounter and demonstrate to them the love of God and the teachings of Jesus. Now listen, hopefully we do that through the programs we do. Hopefully we do that when we take a trip somewhere. But we want to be incredibly clear. Our mission is to see Christ in every person we encounter and demonstrate to them the love of God and the teachings of Jesus. Notice it doesn't say, see Christ in the people you like. I mean, you know, we have to get past the yeah buts. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, we need to see Christ in every person we encounter. Yeah, but have you met Dave? He's sort of, you know. No, even me. We are to see Jesus Christ in every person we encounter and demonstrate to them the love of God and the teachings of Jesus. That is who we are as a church. Barbara Brown Taylor, in writing about the Gospel of Matthew, said something that's so profound, I wish I'd written it down when I was reading it, and then I tried to find it and couldn't find it. So with apologies to Barbara Brown Taylor, I will butcher her wonderful quote about Matthew. But she said something sort of like this. The Gospel of Matthew demands that we see the world as it is. It is a messy and sometimes difficult place, but it also dares us to see the grace of God right in the midst of the mess. So I wonder, will we take that dare to claim the presence of God right in the midst of the messiness? I said, we need to get rid of the yeah buts. That's my goal as your pastor in 2020, as we go into a new year, a new decade, is to get rid of the yeah buts. Hey, we're doing this building campaign, isn't it? Great, we raised $5 million, yeah, but it'll cost $6.5 million. No yeah buts! We exist to show people the love of Jesus Christ, and we want to do that in our building. We want to do that in who we are. We want to do that in reaching this community with the good news of Jesus Christ, and not exclusively. Let's get over ourselves. We have sister churches all over. There are like 10 billion churches in Gaston County or something. I mean, there are over 500, maybe even 700, depending on who you talk to and who split since last week. But there are a bunch of churches. 
We don't do it by ourselves, and this isn't about us. It's to the glory of God. We exist to see Christ in every person we encounter and demonstrate to them the love of God and the teachings of Jesus. Listen, as long as our daughter is home, and we are really glad she's home with her dog, we are reminded that every single day, you have to pay attention. It's been a good primer for me. Every single day, God is at work in this church, in this community, and through who you are. The trump card of all yeah buts is that God is with us. Emmanuel, every single day praise be to God let's pray God thank you that you love us and that you call us to live into your grace every single day forgive us when we make it something less than that And help us to show your love in every way that we can. Thank you for expressing that love to us in Jesus Christ. We do love you and we thank you for who you are. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.